We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On today's program, we are going to be talking about business planning. Now, there's a really famous quote. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin who originally said it. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So many entrepreneurs look in business and they say, I'm going to just go with the flow. And they don't necessarily plan what it is that they're looking to do in their business. A lot of entrepreneurs open up their business and they say customers are going to come to me just because I'm open. Well, guess what? Not all people are going to come to you just because you are open, you hang your shingle, you put a website up, whatever it is, and you hope that people are going to be coming. If you don't properly plan, you're not going to be where you want to ultimately get. And so as I bring Daniel and Patricia in on our program today, I want to ask you, what are some of the things that we should be looking at when we start planning? And what kind of metrics do we need to measure how those planning ideas are going to ultimately go? Well, the first thought that comes to my mind when you ask about metrics uh, that we want to meet for effective planning, the first thing I think of is the whole point of going into business is to make money. Sure, you want to change the world. You want to do good things for your customers and all that too. But at the end of the day, you're in business to make money. And if your planning doesn't result in more money, I think that would be a key metric that you would want to track. Patricia, what else? That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, well, and it kind of depends on what we're planning as to what the metrics are. You know, are we planning a social media campaign? Um, Are we planning a you know, an acquisition. <laughs> what are we planning? The metrics are going right, to change. And that goes to your goals that you're working on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the other things also to consider. Do you have actual goals in your business? Or again, are you one of those just go with the flow kind of people? Right. I mean, there's something called smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable uh, results and timeliness that are going to uh, give you what you're actually looking at in terms of where you're going. So what you wanna do is you really wanna be thinking as you're mapping out your goals, right? Measurable, how are you measuring what your goal is? Are you going to be putting it into a system that is going to say, I have short-term 
medium-term and long-term goals as well in your business. Right? The more focused you can be on growing your business, the more you can work on your business, the less you're going to be working in your business. That's the whole idea that you really want to be focused on. Right? Get out of the mindset, I've got to work in my business. Get in the mindset of, I have to work on my business. Because when you do that, you start making more higher level strategic thinking uh, plans and less what am I doing today that may or may not actually get done and may not produce anything of value. So you want to be thinking where are you going with that as it relates to those pieces. So as we look at the goals idea in mind, when we look at where we go in the near future, what are some of the things that we can be really focused on in terms of ensuring that we are going to be ultimately succeeding in terms of what we do? And let's look at a service business as an example that we can help those service businesses figure out what it is that they should be doing right now. And as they look at the next six months and the next 12 months from what they're looking at. Well, Jennifer, you you brought up a great point. Let's first of all, think about seven habits of highly effective people begin with the end in mind. You know, what is your ultimate goal for your agency or your firm, since we're talking about service-based businesses, uh, for your business, what should it look like 10 years from now um, in terms of revenue size, in terms of employee size, uh, in terms of who you're helping, and then begin to work backwards from there a little bit, and then break that down into what are those yearly goals that are going to put you on a trajectory to meet that long-term goal. So beginning with the end in mind is really important. So from there, now we start to figure out what are those behaviors that have to take place even on a daily basis that will get me to the goal where I want to be. So for service-based businesses, now I'm thinking of say like a a CPA, um, service-based, who decides, you know what, I'm done with uh, doing taxes and, uh, you know, buried (laughs) over my head for the first five months, first six months of the year, and then have uh, not quite enough to do for the rest of the year. I want to try to even this out. I want to try to, uh, you know, offer some more services or something. So what are some of those services that you've heard some of your clients asking for? What are some of those things, you know, take the approach that Apple does, um, uh, put a, a product out in the market and then cause everyone to, to want it. <laughs> you know, can you do that as an accountant? Uh, offer some consulting uh, services, you know, what else can you offer to your clients to help kind of balance out that workload to elevate your status in their eyes to provide another service that they need that will also put you on a trajectory to be more of that consulting firm, perhaps, that you would like to be rather than just the tax preparer uh, and nothing more. Now, for CPAs out there who only like to do taxes and nothing more, then it's fine. There's nothing wrong with your business model. You can continue to do so. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, it's just when you get frustrated with that model, you know, there's other things you can move to, add, get rid of, change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so as we look at all of these different areas that we're in, I mean, there's so many opportunities for us to really be measuring against what we want to do when we're looking at our planning. And so let me ask you guys another question, though. How does the overall economy play into our planning, though? Whether we're, because the economic cycles is, well, by definition, economic cycles are cyclical. You've got good economies and bad economies. Does that have an impact in terms of our planning when we're looking at what it is that we're going to be doing? It might kind of depends on what business you're in. I mean, obviously, it always depends on what business you're in. But, um, you know, some businesses are more uh, recession or down economy resistant. Others are more sensitive. So, you know, even though you don't have to implement them now, do some brainstorming if you're in a, a sensitive business and, you know, come up with some potential solutions. You know, what happens if the economy goes down and you need to pivot? You know, could you have some potential pivots at least, you know, sketched out that you could, you know, potentially use, implement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point, Patricia. Um, so do think about uh, economic cycles. Do, do try to forecast what's coming up, but also understand you can't. Um, I mean, you can try and it's good to have contingency plans, um, but also understand that you really can't predict which way the economy is going to cycle. But be productive about it. Are there things that you can add to your business that would be counter cyclical? So if you go into a down market, are there services or products that you can offer that people would be interested in in a down market? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You to at least stay level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like a lot of restaurants during this pandemic, you know, pivoted to offering just takeout, uh, offering delivery, curbside, all of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they had to because otherwise they'd have been, you know, just dead. They had to stay. Well, in it's also, they had to stay busy. It's also right. It's also one of the other uh, ideas that came out of the pandemic was all of the outdoor dining in some of the cities. I mean, in New York City, as an example, as of the date of this recording, there was a, recently a whole conversation. Will New York City keep the outdoor dining? Is New York City looking at the curb as something more than just a place to put a car and instead have outdoor dining available for patrons which now increases the amount of tables that a restaurant is able to have, yeah. right? If before a restaurant was limited to the interior space of the restaurant and they were only able to fit four tables in the restaurant, but now they can get an extra two tables out on the sidewalk or the curb, that added 50% more tables to their business. Mm 
And that is an incredible growth opportunity to that restaurant. And mm-hmm. so you think about the opportunities where you're going and whether it's a good economy, bad economy, people are still eating out. They may not be spending as much per table, but they're still looking to go out every now and then for special occasions, right? Birthdays come whether or not it's a good economy. Anniversaries come whether or not there's a good economy. Graduations come whether or not there's a good economy. There's always reasons why people are going to need to be going out. And, of course, there's also business meetings, right? You go out for lunch as a business meeting. You're going to still need to have that restaurant that's going to be there that's going to be serving you. And so there's going to be different times when people are going to be wanting to work with you in your business. In healthcare, doesn't matter what the time is, you still need to see some sort of healthcare provider. Accounting, people need to do their taxes. Salons, people need to get their hair done, right? They need to get their hair cut. Whatever it is that you're looking at, there's a lot of those issues that are going to be coming up. The question is, when you're in a disposable income business, how that's going to matter And that's where you want to start offering different kinds of solutions. Like Daniel said, how can you be offering things that are really important to consumers in a disposable income business? And how can you incentivize them to increase what they're uh, spending with you in that business? One of the lessons that we learned early on in the COVID pandemic was a lot of restaurants, because of their relationships with Uh, delivery providers, they had access to items that the supermarkets simply didn't. And so they became grocery markets. Panera, as an example, Panera Bread was offering uh, cream cheese and milk and things along those lines because they had that when local markets may not have. Other restaurants were offering uh, toilet paper because they were able to get that from their suppliers, whereas the supermarket shelves were completely bare. You wouldn't think to go to a restaurant to be buying those kinds of products, but that's exactly what they were doing. They were able to capitalize on what was happening and making that happen. And so you can find ways in your planning to be looking, though, what can you be offering people that can be making that difference, right? Good economy, bad economy. You're going to find ways to really make that difference. So as we look, though, at other areas, though, that we want to be focused in on planning, is there anything else that you think needs to be a core piece of what it is that we're looking at? I'm going to say the ability to stick to the plan. That's another key part, Uh, you know, first of all, setting aside the time to create your plan, but then how do you make sure that you're sticking with the plan throughout the year? So one of the great things that I like to do is figure out uh, per quarter during your year, where do you need to be to hit your annual target at the end of the year? And setting things up, putting it in your calendar, uh, making plans, setting up meetings with people for that accountability, whatever it's going to be, but mapping out each quarter, 
what's going to happen. So that way your plan gets worked into your actual schedule and you kind of trick yourself then into following your plan rather than creating your plan, letting it sit on your computer, or if you print it out, let it sit on a shelf. And then at the end of the year, um, you know, come November, December, you're like, oh, I, I had an annual plan around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge I run into is how do I keep it in front of me? Out of sight is out of mind, so. Right, and that goes back to what we covered in an earlier episode about business plans. Your business plan is not a document that you do when you stick in a desk drawer somewhere. It is a living, breathing document that is constantly being updated, constantly being looked at to give you new direction in terms of where you're going, right? Think about your business. How many times might you have had to pivot over the last year? If you've pivoted and you've put new programs into place that weren't initially in your business plan, how is that going to impact your overall forecasting in terms of growth? How is that going to impact your positioning in the market? How is that going to be looking at your SWOT analysis, your strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats in the market? If you're looking at where you were and you didn't innovate your business in some way, remember, someone else is looking to steal your lunch. You have to be innovating. You have to be making changes. You have to be progressing. The more that you know exactly where you're going, the better it's going to be. And so what our guidance to you is right now, look at your overall plan. Look at what it is that you're looking at doing in the next 3, 6, 12 months and along with the next 5, 10 years. Like Daniel was saying, what does your really long-term horizon look like? Is part of your plan ultimately being an acquisition target? Is it being an acquirer? Is it going to be a publicly traded entity or is it going to remain a private entity? Is it going to be a family uh, legacy company? Is it going to be something that's planning for your retirement? Look at all of these different pieces. How is your plan going to differ based on what your overall long-term plan is going to be? The steps you take today is going to dictate the results you're going to be getting tomorrow. As they say, a journey of a thousand steps starts with the first one. So what is going to be your first step? Here's another suggestion that I can offer you. And I think we covered this, if I remember correctly, in a past uh, episode, but I'm really not sure because Daniel, Patricia, and I talk so often amongst the three of us. I don't remember if it was on an episode or not, but I'm going to share it here. Start brainstorming every day. At the end of every day, the beginning of every day, whatever it may be, take 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever time you can put, and write down all of the ideas that you can possibly think of. No idea is too dumb or too stupid to write down. At the end of that week, 
after you've had a chance to actually give it more thought, start rating all of those ideas. What is it that is going to be beneficial? What is going to really move the needle? What is going to move it slightly? And what isn't going to move the needle at all? Focus on those things that are going to really move the needle and rate them on a score of one to five, one having the greatest impact, five having the least impact. And what that's going to allow you to do is when you're looking at your overall goals, it's going to be giving you the knowledge, the foresight of saying, I am going to be producing whatever these results are going to be. The more that you know exactly where that's going to be, the better your overall success is going to be. But to each one of those strategies now, take seven strategies that you can use to reach that goal. Because if one doesn't work, you can quickly pivot to the next, and the next, and the next. On that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters, and here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line.